actually unlocks things in our lives, God. And it brings freedom to us because it's that point of remembering, hey, I'm not who I was. I'm who God calls me to be. Hey, I'm not what I've done. I'm who He says I am. I thank You, God, that Your communion unlocks healing and freedom in our lives. We thank You in Jesus' Name. Thank You, God. And while you're still standing, I'd love you to help me welcome our speaker for this morning with part two of her message, because the last week was so good, we had to get her back up for more. Can you welcome Pastor Julie? Come on up, Julie. Good morning. Take a seat. How are we this morning? So who's had a good week? You have? Who's had a week with some challenges? Okay, I have too. So let's talk about some of those for a minute because there's a couple of stories in this that I want to share with you before we start. Who's ever deleted all the apps from their iPhone? Has anyone ever done that? Let me tell you what happened to me during the week. I was um, out doing some, an errand and uh, I came home and I had my music playing through my iPhone, you know, into my Apple CarPlay. And as I disconnected it, if you want to delete an app on your iPhone, you press it and it gives you a couple of options. And anyway, it was asking me, as I took it out, I did nothing to it. And it was asking me whether I wanted to delete an app. So of course I said, no. And I looked down and everything was gone, like everything. One, two, three, four pages, all gone. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do? <laughs> so I was like, keep cool, go inside, start thinking about it. My mind's thinking, when did I last restore my phone? Can I connect it to my iPad maybe and get them back? And I thought, just stay calm. And my mind wanted to go to all the things I couldn't do because I didn't have these apps. So what I did is I realised I could still use the internet. So I began to Google and ask all these questions. So the answers coming back required my settings and my settings weren't there either. What I did work out is the notification centre was still there, so I could still get some apps through my notification centre, but then they would disappear again. And I'm thinking, my goodness, you know. So anyway, what I did is I kept looking, I kept asking different questions until one of them told me I could restart my phone. I thought, well, that's probably the only thing I can do. So I restarted the phone, I took my time. Thankfully, it reset everything. I was so pleased, I tell you. <laughs> then during the week, I was recording this week's MCC moment and I decided to record it outside because it was hot. Now, whenever you start to record outside, as everyone knows, you often get the wildlife joining in or the police helicopters. I've had the street sweepers go through. Well, this morning, the birds were very loud and I, I did it a couple of times and I realised after a while that um, they were actually joining in with what I was saying. Because when I started, they started. When I stopped, they stopped. Every time I recorded it, the furrow in my brow got deeper while I was trying to talk over this noise. And of course, they're praising God. You're out talking to God about God. And of course, they're praising God. The rocks will cry, the rocks will cry out. Okay, so the next thing that happened, I was, <laughs> I was out doing some local errands and I had a top on about this length. And as I put my seat belt in, it actually caught in the top. So I couldn't get it out, so I was stuck. I mean, no matter what I did. And I thought it was just stuck fast. You know, I, I pulled it and I pressed the button, nothing's gonna happen. I'm thinking, hang on a sec, I can't get out of the car. Oh yes, I can, I can lift the seatbelt up. No, I can't, my top is stuck there. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And I was, wasn't too far from home, and I thought, well, I could cut myself out, but I don't have any scissors. <laughs> Anyway, the next thing that happened is my hand went down and this almighty pull and it came out. 
Now, I don't think that was me. In fact, I know that wasn't me, so I thank God for that. That's good, isn't it? Okay, so the last thing that's happened is while I was waiting there to come up, my iPad has lost this morning's message. So we are on plan B. (laughs) So there we go. All right, let's get to the message this morning. So we all have our challenges, don't we? So what we're talking about is being called, appointed and empowered. And that's what we started to talk about last week. But before I do, I really felt that God really wanted to say to you this morning how much he loves you and that he wants this message this morning to be received in his love, not to be received as a demand for performance or requirement for performance, but he wants you to know that you are so loved, that you are accepted just as you are, that he is for you, he's not against you, he delights in you because he formed you and his invitation this morning is an invitation of a loving God to join him in his loving work on this earth. So I really felt that he wanted to say that. So we're going to pick up from where we left off last week. Last week we started to talk about the things that we had addressed, uh, heard about over Christmas, Jesus being the light of the world, Jesus being the hope of the world, and this morning we'll dig a little bit deeper into hope. But uh, where we finished last week was this, and this is what I felt the Lord is saying to you and I in this season here, that you are called appointed and empowered for such a time as this. Now that's a really significant word. And what John, Jesus said in John 15, 16 was this. He said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now throughout the Bible, there is the theme of appointed times. It's a common theme where God has appointed times for the things that he is doing on the earth. And this is one of his appointed times, I believe. And they're always associated with a specific timing in God's plans. And God's plans are always perfect. So in his perfect plan, you and I are here on the earth in this day and age, and we're appointed to bear fruit and to carry his glory in that age. Now, You've actually been appointed by God to bear fruit in this season, to be the prime instruments of his glory and honour in the world. How is that? How is that? Appointed by God. And Jesus said your fruit should remain, and we'll talk about what that is. But I guess, I think what God is saying is, you're not here by accident. I have chosen you to be here. I've appointed you. I've called you. I've equipped you. You have a purpose here as my church in this age, just the same as in ages past. People were called for a purpose. So even though our world, as we said, is a little bit chaotic, we're here for a purpose, and God knows that, and he's equipped you for that. So fruit remaining, what does it mean? It means continue to bear fruit remaining, continue to bear the fruit that you're already producing or to continue with the fruit that you are bearing or never stop keep on bearing fruit that you've started bearing. So it's this idea of continuity that will remain in you. And your, your fruit remains, that describes a habit. So it's a habit of our lifestyle in our bearing fruit for God. And that uh, you know, can look like a number of different things for you and I. But a habit is something that we do so often it becomes second nature to us. So Jesus is encouraging us to bear fruit as a second nature in our life. And you will do that. He's saying you will. And the words that you bear fruit and your future fruit should remain is telling us that we actually should make a habit out of that. So it's talking about a habitual lifestyle. Now, what he also said there was that you would ask the Father for whatever in his name and he will give it to you. 
So the habit I believe that Jesus is talking about, there's a habit of prayer there. So in, in talking about being called and appointed, in talking about bearing fruit, in the same sentence he's also talking about that you would ask the Father in my name. So a key this morning, I believe, is prayer and asking the Father um, you know, in the areas where we want to bear fruit, where we want to see things change, where we want to see things happen. Even as Jesus has said, you know, we will ask the Father in my name and he will give it to you. So the prayer and that connection with the Father is a key in our fruit bearing. And Jesus is asking us to join him in what he said he wants to do here in pouring out healing. So our part in that is to be praying to the Father for that. We have a key part in that, in bearing that fruit that he has told us he wants to do here in this season. And I think that's a really significant key for this morning. So fruit bearing is something we can do for life and we're meant to do for life. So exactly what does it mean for us this morning? Well, as I said, you and I are appointed for such a time as this, not because of God's favour and his grace, uh, sorry, it is because of God's favour and his grace, not because of anything we have done, not because of us. That's what he's saying, not from our own natural wisdom or our own goodness. And this is why we can move forwards so full of hope this year, because we know that, because of his favour and grace we're here, and we can move forward with such hope. And as we saw last week, the hope of the world has come. So let's dig into this for a little bit. The hope of the world, Jesus, has come. The hope of the world is here. Our fruit-bearing is carrying his glory. Our fruit-bearing is carrying his love. Our fruit-bearing is sharing him. A whole lot of areas in our lives where we're bearing that fruit. So as we move forwards in 2021 in hope, I feel that the Lord wants to continue to encourage us this morning and encourage us in this. So let's consider this for a moment. Jesus came into a world that was full of Roman rule, as we saw, Jewish leaders who were, had strayed from the faith and a king who was totally threatened by his appearance on the earth. We know that. And as we recognised last week, we also live in a world that's full of turmoil, that's full of confusion. So we are in a world that has a different characteristic, but nonetheless, we're called in that place. And as we recognised last week, we saw that um, it's no accident, and this is what I feel the Lord really is wanting to impress on you, but it's because he loves you, not because he's trying to punish you. And I think this is what he's trying to say. He's trying to encourage us not to feel discouraged because we are in this world, not to feel discouraged and think, oh, wouldn't it have been lovely, you know, if I'd been born in this century or this century? Or wouldn't it be lovely if, you know, if we didn't have to deal with these things? Or wouldn't it be great if we could go back 10 years when the world was very different? And I feel that God is saying, no, be encouraged in this because I've chosen you for this. And feel honoured. There's also a sense of honouring. You know, that God has called you and chosen you. Well, that's a great honour to be called and chosen in this season. It's a great honour to be called to bear his fruit and to show his life. It's a great honour to be his instrument and his vehicle, to see lives changed and lives healed. It's a great honour to be able to worship him, a great honour to be able to pray and connect with the Father. But it's a great honour to be able to pray about the things that are around us in the world in which we live. It's an awesome honour, and I feel that's what he really wants to say this morning. And this is what Paul said about hope. Paul had something to say about hope in the world in which he lived. His world was full of persecution, opposition, and all sorts of uncertainty. But let's hear what Paul had to say in Romans 5, 1 to 5, and I'll read it to you. He says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. 
through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. Now, there's a sense of standing in that, taking it, being in that place that God has given us. You know, and, and standing speaks of authority. It speaks of being in that place of authority that he has given you, that place in his kingdom. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There it is again. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character produces hope. There it is again. So this is where hope's starting to come in. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So let's take a look at this. Hope does not disappoint as the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I want you to say this with me, but make it personal. Come on. Hope does not disappoint as the love of God has been poured out in my heart by the Holy Spirit who was given to me. What Paul is saying, I believe, is this, that hope and the love of God are inherently connected in our hearts. That is what he is saying. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts. His love in our hearts is what sustains us. His love in our hearts is what heals us. His love in our hearts is what gives us hope. And his love in our hearts births anew. Now, hope is something that actually rises up from within your heart. It actually comes from within you. So hope is something that's already there because the love of God is there. This is what Paul is telling us. So for us, when we look for hope and when we're you know, looking to Jesus, we're looking to the Jesus who is already in our heart that we already carry. Now, sometimes this means we have to slow down a little bit and get the mind to slow down a little bit to allow that in our quiet time and our prayer time to rise up. Has anyone ever had the experience where you have been hassled or you've been um, troubled by something and worried by something or just been very, very busy, wondering what on earth you're going to do, you're facing something that's pretty insurmountable, and then had that experience of being quiet for a while and then all of a sudden things seem a little better? Has anyone had that experience? Well, that's what this is. This is the hope when you're quiet and allow that. That is actually the hope that rises up from within your heart because of the love of God. And I want to say to you this morning, that is always there for you. It is always there because it's been deposited there. You can always come to that place where you allow that hope to rise up again within you. You can't do it with your mind. You can't argue yourself into it. You can't reason your way through it. You can't rationalise your way through it. Oh, things aren't so bad. Things can be not good, but that hope still rises up from within you in that quiet time with the Lord. And that's how it works. And this is what Paul is saying. So what Paul was talking about also, he was talking about hope in the context of some challenges. And he was saying to us today that although we believe in Jesus, we might experience suffering and injustice, which we do see and we do experience it, even while serving God that can happen, that's what Paul is saying. God's purpose is always to restore those who are his. 
so that his glory can be seen through our lives. So he's always working with us, no matter what we're doing or no matter what we're going through. And, you know, people who've laid down their lives for Jesus are no more immune from injustice and suffering. You know, there's, there's no, no immunity from this because it is part of life in this world. So we all will experience some of that. What Paul is saying to us is this, that that hope will rise up and God is a restoring God. So he's always going to restore those who are his. He's not going to leave you in that place. That's not who he is. That's not how he loves you too much to do that. He will always bring you to another place. He will always help you. That's why hope is so good. It is so good. And God wants his glory to shine through your life. So he has a purpose in doing that as well. So when he brings you with a, through adversity, we'll touch on this for a minute, it comes with an increase in the strength of your foundation of your life with him. There's an increase in the strength and an increase in your life when you come through that. And there's an increase in your authority when you come through that as well. Because God is always restoring, renewing. He's always building you. But hope is such a key in this such a key. So right now, for some people, their hope needs to be healed in the middle of a global pandemic and in the middle of some of the things we've been through. And, you know, people might feel that they've lost that hope. And that's an emotion, you know, you can feel that. And that, you know, these things, um, there may have been disappointments, all of these things, and hope needs to be healed in that. And that's part of what God wants to do in our communities, to bring people into that place of hope again. That's how he heals. He heals by bringing you into the place of hope again. Hope for a future, hope that is still there. That's how he does it. And it comes from within you. That's where it comes from, not because of anything anybody says. It comes from deep within you, out of your relationship with Jesus. And for others, hope itself is the agent of healing. So for, for some people, and I know some people will relate to what I just said, others will relate to this, where hope itself is the agent of healing where you may have been through something and the hope that rises up within you actually heals some of the things you've been through. It heals the memories, it heals the hurts, all of those things. Helps you move forwards. And I've been through these things, so I can testify to how that actually works. This is why hope's so important. So important, so powerful, so good, such a great gift, such a great gift. This is why Jesus, the hope of the world, has come. He's the one who brings hope to every situation, every circumstance. Now, it doesn't mean that every situation or every circumstance is going to be reversed. It doesn't mean it's going to change, but it means you and I can live with that hope of Jesus through that, over it and above it and into the future and what he has for you. It's really important, really important. So the good news is that hope overcomes disappointment for those who've suffered those. So when we either personally experience suffering, injustice, disappointment, we see the things going on in our world, and I have to tell you, I have grieved as I have watched the news in the last 12 months at some of the things that we have seen. And that's a very, very natural response. My heart has grieved, you know, watching some of those things and seeing some of those things. But when we're experiencing these things, we can be tempted to call into question the goodness and the justice of God. And that's what the world does. That's what the media does. It calls into question God's goodness and justice. And even some Christian communities will do that too. But I'm here to say this morning that God is always good and he is always just and he will always have the final say, as we said earlier. He will do that. We can be tempted to think, well, what does it matter now? I've been through so much, now what? What does it matter? Well, it does matter. Do you know why? Because it matters to God. It matters so much to God. You matter for God. Your life matters for God. Our communities matter for God. It matters to God greatly. And we can uh, be tempted to think, I give up. Well, 
What he would love us to give up is our self-effort <laughs> and something he's had to deal with me on. He would love us to give up our striving. He would love us to give us our self-effort and he would love us to come to him in prayer and give it to him because that's what he's saying to us this morning. God is so much bigger than what we see around us, so much bigger and so much greater. But he's a God who loves you so much. And this is what I really feel he still wants to say this morning. He loves you. He doesn't not love you because of these things. He doesn't not love the world because of what's happening. He loves you so much. And the hope of the world is what the world needs right now. It's what you and I need in our lives. Jesus, the hope of the world. And as we mentioned last week, God has a master plan. And his master plan is something that he is working through. And he will continue to work through until the end of time. His master plan is revealed in his word. But we need to seek out the answers as well. So there is a part that we play in just seeking out God's word. What does it really say about this? What does he really have to say about that? And this is what it means to be empowered. We have the word of God to empower us. We have Jesus, our hope, to empower us. You are not powerless in your circumstances. Our communities are not powerless because Jesus is there and you know, our communities need to know Jesus. You are empowered because you have his spirit. You have Jesus. We are the most powerful people on this earth in the power of God. We have so much when you consider those who don't yet know the Lord, who are on their way to knowing the Lord. How much has he given us? He has given us everything we need, everything, everything. We can be joyful, joyful. We can be happy. We can praise him. We can thank him in the middle of everything because he's at work. He's at work. He's still here. He's still working it all out. And as we covered last week, there was a hope in our community that 2021 would be different from 2020. And it's not quite what we thought. Instead, we started it in a way that's very different, as we've said. But you've been empowered by God to believe him. And the believing is in the heart. It's not the head. Yeah. It's the heart that believes. It's the heart where Jesus lives. God is saying to you this morning, I believe, place your hope in Jesus and allow my love to rule your heart. Yeah. Allow my love to rule your heart. Allow me to heal and allow me to restore. So I feel that Jesus is wanting us to make a commitment this morning, to rise up this morning and step into his calling for us in 2021. There's a real call in his heart, and I'm feeling this passionately. It's very strong, very strong, and I was feeling it before Christmas as well. There are people here who God has been speaking to. There are people online as well, and you know who you are. And God is saying, rise up this morning. He's saying, come into what I have. When we discover areas of our lives along the way that need healing and restoration. He's faithful to do this also as part, as we submit our part, he will do his part. Why? Because it's in his plan. It's your destiny, which he has so lovingly designed. Now, I know in my own life through all the ups and downs, um, the things that went well, the things that didn't go well, the highs and lows, all the disappointments. It is the hope of Jesus that has brought me to this place. And it is the hope of Jesus that will continue to bring you to this place. So the time to respond to Jesus is now. There is such an urgency in this time. There's such an urgency in this season to respond to him. And whilst we can see in Matthew 24 the season that we are in, 
You can see that when you read Matthew 24. We have also been promised in these last days a great outpouring of the Spirit of God. So let's pray for that. Let's go to the Father. Let's just, that's part of our fruit bearing in prayer. Let's be praying for the great outpouring of the Spirit. Let's be praying for the healing. Let's be praying for the miracles. Let's be praying for those to know Jesus. That's our part in this season and a very significant part. It's not the least, it's the most important. And I feel that the Lord is really wanting to encourage us this morning. As he said, the fruit bearing and uh, prayer to the Father are intrinsically connected. As Paul said, hope and the, love, and the love of God are intrinsically connected in our hearts, intrinsically. So there is a call to prayer. I believe that it's time for his church to rise up now and his people to respond. I believe there is a call to prayer in this season for the things we've just talked about, to go to the Father, as Jesus has said, because fruit bearing and praying to the Father are connected. We don't do it on our own. He does it. That's why prayer is so important. So you have been called, appointed and empowered for such a time as this. How good is that? How good is that? You're called and empowered to live as a citizen of heaven, bringing about the purposes of God's kingdom on this earth. Now, I know that there are some, or I feel that there are some here, or maybe online, who know that God is calling you, and you're working through some life issues. And I feel that Jesus is saying, I am with you. So if that's you, he's saying, I'm with you, I'm for you. It doesn't disqualify you. You can respond. I feel that there are others who feel that God is calling them, but you have doubts. You're just not sure, not sure whether it's God, not sure whether you're up to what he's calling you to do. And I feel that Jesus is saying, you can trust me. You can trust me for I call, I appoint and I empower. And there are others I feel that God is speaking to right now and you'll know who you are. And I feel that Jesus is saying to some right now, follow me, follow me, follow me. Now we don't have to be perfect, we cannot be perfect, but there is one who is perfect, who lives in us. That's all we need. He is perfect. So what would your day be like if you woke up every morning and remembered that you have a purpose, that you have a healer, that you have direct access to your Father in heaven? Wow. Three things to wake up for every morning. You have a purpose, you have a healer, you have direct access to your Father in heaven. That is his truth. So last week we saw in Hebrews 13, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Jesus is at work here in our midst, and Jesus, the healer, is here. And this means the healing and restoration for our own lives as well as for our communities and those we touch. At the end of the day, it's an issue of the heart. It's not the head. Because knowing is in the head, believing is in the heart. So I'd like to just pray for the last few minutes this morning because I feel that uh, God wants to touch some hearts this morning and some hearts online. So can we do that? Okay. Jesus, we thank you that you are here. Jesus, I pray right now that even now hope would begin to rise in the hearts of all of those who are here, who are watching online. Lord, that your love that has been so poured out would begin to flow. Lord, that hope would arise. You know, there's a psalm that says, let God arise. And I feel that he's saying this morning, let hope arise. Let it rise up now. 
Love breaks down all the walls because there are no walls between you and God. So thank you, Lord, that walls around hearts, Lord, you dealt with on the cross at Calvary. No more walls. Ephesians talks about the middle wall of separation. And I feel it is pulling down that middle wall in the heart this morning. Thank you, Lord. There is no separation. There's nothing blocking your access to the love of God. There's nothing blocking your access to his hope. There's nothing blocking your access to his healing. Lord, thank you that hope is restored. Thank you, Lord, that it overcomes. Thank you, Lord, that you make all things new because hope makes all things new. Thank you, Lord, that the old hopes, Lord, can be left behind because you create something new. And Lord, I ask that you would create something new in each life this morning. Lord, you would create something new. Lord, that those you're calling, Lord, would rise up. Lord, that they would be confident that you have called them, Lord, and you have appointed them for such a time as this. Lord, I pray that even during the week ahead, Lord, you would be speaking with people, Lord, even in their quiet time, Lord, and they would have that sense of renewed hope, healed hope. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just touch right now. While we're in worship and we were singing Yeshua, I saw a number of people bowed at Jesus' feet. And those who were bowed at his feet were those who, whose hearts had been broken. And they, they were calling out to, to Yeshua. They may be in the room, you may be online. But what he did is he reached down and he picked you up and said, rise up. And he's saying that this morning to those who may have been in that place during worship, you're crying out in your heart to Jesus. And what he's saying is, I restore you, I pick you up again because that's who he is. He gives you new hope. He gives you a new beginning. He restores you and he heals you. So he's encouraging, walk forward this morning. Don't stay in that place now. He's saying, walk forward this morning. Thank you, Jesus, that you are healer. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So during the week, I encourage you just to spend that time and just... Yeah, he's still moving. I'm just going to wait a moment because he's moving. Just spend some time with him, some quiet time with him. And remember that love of God that Paul spoke about. And he will give you a hope. It may not be the things that you want, but he will give you a hope that he is there for you, that you have a future with him, that he has a path for you. So be prepared to leave the things behind that he wants you to leave behind that are holding you back from moving forwards into that hope. Sometimes we have to let the old things go. And that's what he's saying this morning. Let the old things go. Let the new come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to hand back to Rose now. Just keep your eyes and your heart on Jesus. Jesus.